right. Welcome to Afterthoughts Recommend or Refute. I really laid on hard on that one, right? <laughs> or Refute. Every time I've said it wrong. Uh, we will go around and talk about something that we've watched recently and recommend or refute it or <laughs> we will not do both yeah we will no, most certainly not <laughs> we're not, do not both. supposed to do both <laughs> yes There's john no and john i'm looking at you we're not doing both <laughs> hey hey my hands are up okay don't shoot officer i'm fine <laughs> don't you make me shoot you <laughs> uh, that's yeah. a bow is afraid reference ryan yes okay <laughs> i haven't gotten it yeah you mentioned uh uh Ari Aster's like movies being cut shorter uh, yeah. because the studio didn't think it would make it. I see that they have obviously gotten over that. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, he just gets to do what he wants now. Yeah, or at least he did this one time. He, he got to do what he wants. <laughs> yes. See how that goes. Uh, All right. Yes. These. Uh, I'm Ryan King, your host. The voices you are hearing. Joining me today, John Garcia. Hello, everybody out there. I'm ready to recommend and refute something. God damn it, John. <laughs> Keeping us in line, Michael Dixon. Oh, God. Just, John, just one time. Can you either recommend or refute something? Just, just once. That's all, that's all I want from For you. For you, buddy, I guess this one time I can do it. Uh, I'll make fuck it you, work. John. <laughs> we'll, do it. we'll do it. I love you, too. <laughs> all right, John, why don't you, why don't you get us started off? Yeah, sure. Um, well, you know, uh, I think last time I refuted something, didn't I? I don't remember anymore at this Probably. point. Uh, there was some refutes, some recommends going around, whatever. Uh, I've got something to recommend, and it's based on a movie I had not seen in 20-something years. Um, true Lies. Uh, we, I'm not just saying that as a concept, you know, like the truth lies or some weird fucking philosophical shit talking about the uh, james cameron 1994 movie true lies for 15 years harry tasker's been leading a double life mr president one of our best men is inside transmitting now right on time i don't believe i've met you before Rehnquist. harry Rehnquist. now they're about to collide what's your exit strategy i'm gonna walk right out of the front gate may i see your invitation please Sure. Here's my invitation. Oh, yeah, that worked good. From James Cameron, director of Aliens and T2. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Jamie Lee Curtis. Have you ever killed anyone? Yeah, but they were all bad. True Lies. That stars Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis. Okay. Uh, this movie is something that I have not seen since my childhood, which I don't think I should have seen in my childhood. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was around the same time my dad showed me Air Force One with Harrison Ford. And all I remember from that movie is Harrison Ford kicking a dude off a plane and going, get off my plane. And uh, it's, like, it's about time you grew up, son. Yeah. <laughs> you know, watch some old school action films. That's right. And uh, True Lies, the only thing I remember from it as a kid is seeing Jamie Lee Curtis strip and being very confused. I think this was the second movie that caused a sexual awakening outside of Space Jam for me. What? So <laughs> Lola Bunny really, really doing that's, it for you? Exactly. Uh, oh, my God. That's how it all got started. What? And Jamie Why did you go right to that, Michael? It could have been, it could have been uh, Bill, Murray? Bill Murray. Yeah, it could have yeah. been Bill Murray. Who knows? Larry Bird. 
I don't, I'm not Bugs judging. Bugs Bunny? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, those weird aliens? Porky right. Pig's got some junk in the trunk. Why not? Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I remembered seeing True Lies as a kid and thinking it was really fucking cool from an action standpoint and made me have weird tinglies from another standpoint. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, this sounds like my Tomb Raider. <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh and so i decided after decades of being like i should watch true lies again and never doing it uh a few weeks back i kind of posited it to y'all like should we do true lies and nobody seemed to have a strong opinion so i haven't I, seen true lies except for like 20 <laughs> minutes on tv once so yeah. I, I have no so, comment so i kind of took that offline and was like all right i'll just watch this with sasha and it was fucking great like it's hard to find. There's no physical media copy unless you import it from Spain. But uh, this cool. fucking movie has so many great explosions and practical effects to it. Um, the, the main synopsis, I'll get past the explosions and everything, which is the main meat of the movie. Honestly, the plot doesn't fucking matter. But James Cameron kind of wrote this from the perspective of what if James Bond came home and had a family? So you've seen <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I don't this like it already. Uh. The, the same kind of bullshit. Yeah. Um, and that, that like James Bond character was played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. All right. Now you're kind of a little more on board. I assume uh, there's like this whole aspect where Schwarzenegger is married to Jamie Lee Curtis in the movie. Jamie Lee Curtis is a legal analyst or, some something in an office fuck it doesn't matter and uh schwarzenegger gets to go live the whole high life of a spy and then come home and be a computer salesman because at one point in the movie they literally say the computer business is pretty tough which in is 1994 like, yeah <laughs> when it was booming yeah this is like the start of the 90s tech bubble yeah this, yeah. this isn't like the okay. room in 2002 or whatever <laughs> Um, Windows 95 comes out the next year and it's all down. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like the movie features Schwarzenegger trying to play these dual roles, not really doing any of it because he's so jacked. You can tell that he's a secret agent no matter what happens. <laughs> but Jamie Lee Curtis, is you know, most computer along. salesmen that I've encountered in my life look pretty much like Arnold Schwarzenegger. They could bench press a truck. It's mm -hmm. totally easy for them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know how big computers used to be? Like, <laughs> that's a good point, Ryan. If you hauled around like a whole studio apartment's worth of computers. Yeah. yeah. yeah I guess you ever you would picked be up jacked. a gateway computer? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was so. You got the monitor and the tower together. It's like, that's a lot. Monitor. <laughs> yeah. I thought the gateway computers were so heavy they sunk the company at this point. But I oh. fucking know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so Schwarzenegger is apparently like the only renegade maverick in the CIA. I don't, they never really fucking say what agency he's part of, but I assume CIA that can, uh, spy his way around and just de completely destroy this terrorist organization called the Crimson Jihad. Oh my, uh, uh are they Oklahoma Sooners? <laughs> they might as well be. I, I don't know. They're like pretty incompetent. <laughs> I never liked them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and like, so they try to take down the Crimson Jihad, who's led by a man that looks like he's, it looks like Andy Kaufman. I'm not going to lie about it. It's kind of weird to see the, the actor have such a similar resemblance to Andy Kaufman. And it really took me out of the experience for most of it, <laughs> but thankfully there were explosions to draw my eye. 
So, uh, yeah, Schwarzenegger's trying to take them down. At the same time, he finds out that his wife is having an affair and decides to misappropriate government funds for a whole act of this movie. This sounds so like that, the CIA. That yeah. he could totally thwart his wife's affair, even though This he's... is why the Pentagon can't pass an audit. <laughs> uh, they just have to push these bills through to keep getting funding raised. <laughs> they don't have to care about that. In order to save their marriages. <laughs> yeah. Um, impress their kids at school like. yeah. <laughs> it it has a lot of like it plays with both of those plot lines and it reconciles them at the end but there's some honestly some pacing issues that come through here where you're like well, we're really focusing on either the action portion of it or this marriage portion of it for a little too long and then at one point it, the movie just says fuck it and goes hard into nope we're doing the spy movie and this guy's just going to bring his wife along for it and we'll make that work somehow. And it results in a lot of cool shit. Like they blow up a fucking bridge. They had to build and rebuild a whole bathroom set that Schwarzenegger could shoot up with a bunch of other guys. Nice. Uh, and then they did like these other sequences with like Marine jet fighters that came in where they had actors on them and they were like flying around on it and some other shit. It's so cool. Uh. Uh, the plot is so dumb, but the action itself is well worth the price of admission. John, this uh, this sounds nothing like any James Cameron movie I've ever seen. This is this is shocking <laughs> to hear, yeah, right? It honestly just sounds way more like a Fast and the Furious movie. <laughs> uh, and, Fast and Furious it, is just high class James Cameron. Let's be honest <laughs> about that. This is as close to a character piece as he could get. Like it sounds like you're right. Like like he's trying to balance this life and. That's like out the window immediately. <laughs> yes. There's like uh, like the the most I looked up some trivia for it and apparently one of the hardest things to train for for Schwarzenegger was uh not any of the action scenes of the stunt double required bullshit. It was um doing tango. He has to tango in a scene. Oh. And he did 6 months of that to look good because he had he, to learn tango for 6 months in yes, order to do one scene. Because he wanted to look he wanted to do it as well as Al Pacino did in Scent of a Woman. And uh, okay. that was apparently his motivation, which Schwarzenegger also motivated a lot of this movie. He sent the premise to James Cameron and said, I want to do this. And James Cameron was like, fuck. All right, sure. Let's make it happen. Why not? Um, so it, it's fucking wild. It's bonkers. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you stop and think about it. But fuck it, man. Loud explosion, go boom. And a bunch of people do action <laughs> shit. It's just good. Somebody rides a motorcycle through a whole hotel to a mall to an elevator. And at the same time, Schwarzenegger rides a horse in that exact same scene. Okay. All the way all right. through that shit. It's, it's fucking fantastic action. It's so good. But yeah, I feel like there's a McBain bit in the Simpsons where he's like a nerd and he wears glasses. Is that inspired by the, <laughs> by true lies? Maybe I don't, I don't know. I, I, this is like in my subconscious and I'm pulling it out. But. I thought you were doing the other bit where he's doing stand up in front of a brick wall. Oh, well, there's that like, too. Yeah. Now my Woody That's Allen impression. <laughs> yeah. I'm a neurotic nerd who likes to sleep with little girls. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. There's, there's gotta be something in this that has to do with the McBain impression yeah. and the influence. Uh, are there any whale subtitles in this movie? There are not whale subtitles. However, uh. at the beginning of the film, when Schwarzenegger is being a super slick spy in his James Bond moment, 
he speaks Arabic to somebody and uh, the subtitles felt the need to put in parentheses perfect Arabic <laughs> over what he says, <laughs> which I think is an indication that he fucking nailed it, everybody. He did a good job. Yeah, I, I'm sure that Arnold Schwarzenegger is very good at doing foreign accents and sounding like he's from that country, <laughs> that he's native of there. Yeah. I really wish Avatar The Way of Water had perfect whale in parentheses <laughs> for its subtitles. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, True Lies. I would recommend it. I didn't know how I would feel going into it and coming out of it, but uh, it was just fucking spectacular. Action alone, it's it's got to, you've got to watch it. It's great. This sounds like something that I would enjoy. Recommend it. Turn your brain off. Enjoy yourself. Maybe you get tingly feelings. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you get Lola Bunny That's feelings. That's what I get. You get some Lola Bunny feelings. Uh, or some Larry Bird well, feelings. That, that, Who knows, you know? <laughs> Whatever floats your boat. Uh, that segues in well to get to going back and watching uh, movies that I watched when I was younger, because that's kind of what I've been trying to do with my kids to keep from having to watch um, kid movies uh, they're now at the ages where i can kind of start to show them something i'm probably not supposed to that years down the line they'll question why they were allowed to watch it at the time uh, i i do want i like quick rundown of some of the ones that that we've watched recently and then i do want to highlight one in particular uh we watched dumb and dumber want to hear the most annoying sound in the world Great movie. And this is mainly so that the quotes that I reference from that movie now make sense to my family. Wait, was um, that good? Like, I loved that movie as a teenager, and I watched that DVD like 20 times over the course of five years, probably, and haven't watched it since. But like, I've, I've, I'm hesitant to go back to it because I'm like, eh, is that actually good? I don't, I don't know. I think so. I think it holds up. It's hard for me to tell because I also loved it. And yes, I quote plenty of things from this regularly. Yeah. Uh, and I think it does hold up, especially compared to some of the other like Jim Carrey movies that you know people think of that I don't. Ace Ventura take hold up anymore, really? Yeah, Ace Ventura mask. doesn't hold up. Yeah, right. That I, I do think Dumb and Dumber holds up still well. The kids really enjoyed it. They found it funny. They now quote it. The only thing that's like on the line with kids is the uh, transition from the from headlight boobs to headlights. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, there's always a part in these movies where Darla like starts to side. eye, like, look at me of like, really, you're going to let the kids watch this. And that part, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, no, hang on, hang on. Like it's okay. Ish. Like, and we'll get past it. Uh, the kids did think it was funny. So, you know, I, I, I don't know what, what, what thing adolescent did, child doesn't think headlight boobs are funny. Come I remember on. being very yeah, confused right? by the headlights. <laughs> and also maybe by third awakening. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Is that what they have under there? Yeah. The... <laughs> wow. They have high yes. beams. <laughs> <laughs> Were you later disappointed or okay? Uh, when I discovered, that, though, we, <laughs> yeah. we discovered what we were doing there. We we started watching uh, National Lampoon's Vacation, which we had watched Christmas Vacation back around Christmas, and I think I realized I watched the TV edits of both of the of both of the oh, National Lampoon yeah. movies as a kid. Yep, because uh, pretty early on with Vacation, I was like, I don't think we can 
I don't think we can make it through this. Oh, you yeah. got to scream uh, more movies, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, there's some boobs yeah, in that, right? Like not truck light boobs, but like, like actual real. Boobs. Oh yeah, yeah, just straight up. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's just My totally straight up. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I love else. Christmas yeah, so Vacation. One... I think that movie is actually uh, really like I watched it a couple years ago for the first time in probably ten years, and I was like, oh yeah, this is actually this is really fucking good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is really good. Yeah, and I think vacay. I even there are parts of European Vacation are funny. I find funny too. Vegas vacation. Yeah. Nah, nah, nah. I, I mean, I think all four of them have their moments for sure. Their moments. Yeah. yeah their moments. Uh, yeah. yeah. Where's the damn bait? You know, it's still enjoyable. That's good. That's that a is, fun bit. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, okay. I love uh, Wallace Shawn in Vegas vacation. I, how can yeah, you Yeah. It's a blackjack dealer. Yeah. yeah. Here's an idea. Why don't you give me half the money you were going to bet? Then we'll go out back. I'll kick you in the nuts and we'll call it a day. <laughs> yeah. Um, in particular, I'm like wanting to get through vacation because Wally World is filmed at the Six Flags Magic Mountain, which I can see from my house. Oh, uh, so I was like hoping I may just have to get to that part. We'll just forget the whole movie. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to get the dead person breathed on me quote, so my kids knew what the hell was talking about, <laughs> and, and they don't because we didn't make it that far into the movie. Uh, the other we is is. Speaking of Carrie, we watched Truman Show, uh, oh, which is yeah. a recommend like all around. Like it's just a good movie. Uh, Darla, I-, I think she either didn't remember if she'd seen it or hadn't ever seen it. She wasn't quite sure, but she afterwards was like, "That was a really good movie. Like that was really good." Uh, and it, yeah, like I-, I think that one's excellent. The kids, and it's actually totally appropriate. I think the mm-hmm. like the only anywhat close to off color comment in there is. Uh, it, it, Truman's wife is kind of hitting on him and it cuts to the two security guards and one of them like turns to the other and he's like, they never show anything. Like it just goes, yeah. <laughs> they cut away to a window and the breeze blows or something and they zoom out. I'm yeah. like, that's the closest, but it's, you get it or you don't get it kind of thing. Like it's not, it's not headlight boobs, I guess. Yeah. Uh, if only. Th- what I would like to talk some more at length about is uh, another James Cameron joint, what he did right before True Lies. Uh, with my son, because it is too inappropriate for my daughter, we watched Terminator 2. I just passed on Terminator. I think Terminator is fine, but you really don't need to have seen it. And yeah. Terminator 2 is just so good. Terminator is kind of boring. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's fun. It's interesting. If you're like a sci-fi fan, kind of, mm. th- then it's fun. But it there's not really enough. And it, yeah, the Terminator 2 just does it, all of it again and so well. Same make. These were taken at the West Highland Police Station, 1984. You were there. Same model. These were taken today. You have to let me see my son. He's in great danger. New mission. Once, he was programmed to destroy the future. You don't know what it's like to try to kill one of these things. Now, his mission... Get down! ...is to protect it. Uh, and the really the thing that caught me watching Terminator 2 this time, like, one, it is good Arnold Schwarzenegger acting. <laughs> like, it is really a Give me a close on him. your motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> and I was surprised at, like, how good of a job he is doing as a robot because it is even a little bit more it isn't just like oh it's just arnold and he's talking or whatever like he is actually trying really hard and pulling off really well being a robot and then the the other thing that really caught me watching it with my son is 
having no frame of reference, he was really thrown off at the beginning as to whether Arnold is the good guy or not. Yeah. And the way the movie carefully, very carefully, subtly sets up the mall scene where, uh, man, Connor is stuck between you know, both robots, but you as a viewing audience, if you haven't seen the trailers or heard everyone talk about it, like when we were kids and the movie came out, like don't know what's going on. And you can kind of only assume that this one guy is there to help him because, well, he looked, you know, he took the clothes of the cop and he was asking questions. He seems decent. He's clean cut. And we see Arnold fuck up a bunch of dudes in a bar yeah. and actually see that he's a robot, right? Like all that beforehand. Yeah. Um, and in the first movie, he's Logan, a bad guy. And then, yeah, yeah. When, without seeing Terminator, you still have the confusion. I think right. even like T2 sets it up. But it's, if you had seen the first one, you absolutely would reach that conclusion. They, they do reference it as well because the mom talks about her having seen this guy before or whatever, even before. Um, so I was really surprised like watching Logan's reaction where he's like audibly was like, wait, who's the good guy? What's up with that guy? Like what? What? What's going on? And then when shut up, son, Arnold watch fucking, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, it was like when Arnold first shoots the the T one thousand, and it goes to like metal goop. His eyes go big, and he was just like, "What just happened?" Yeah. Like it was that mind blowing. It's amazing how well graphics holds up. Hold up so yeah. well, yeah. yeah. That makes a practical, and I think the fact that uh, just like a metal sheeny kind of goop works digitally like right like that's maybe the easiest digital thing to do and it doesn't look bad you just kind of roll with it um but yeah no all of that and the the transitions like all the classic scenes of like him getting fucking his head blown off or him going through the the metal fence or whatever whatever you call it the gate like all that stuff looks good still um and it, yeah, I was really just like, that movie is just the perfect action movie. It's kind of what I've always thought, but I'm like, it is the quintessential like best action movie that you kind of just sit there and the whole time or just like, it's on. I'll say actually the new Mad Max movie is pretty fucking badass, but like yeah. Terminator 2 is, is still really, really awesome even going back to it. Um, and yeah, like Cameron earned a lot, obviously, off of that and kind of got to think a free pass forever off of Terminator 2. Yeah. It's kind of amazing how much of a streak Cameron has had from like an entertainment standpoint. Like we can talk about his movies and it's obvious to you can poke holes in a lot of it, but the dude has emphasized practical effects and doing these big budget fucking crazy movies. That, Until the Avatar movies, when he just decided yeah. not to ever do practical effects again. Done with but, practical. Yeah. Well, he still filmed. He still had like all of his actors do fucking long underwater takes, holding their breath, which is insane to me. True, but there's then a, he just literally CGI'd yeah, over top of it. Yeah, no, there's quite a bit of that. It's just like wild to me what he attempts to do. Um, but yeah, we've talked about Cameron before. Well, and the fact that he can he can take something that's such a ridiculous budget because Terminator two is like the most expensive movie until true lies was yeah. the most expensive. Oh, movie. Wow, he keeps yeah. pushing it, which is mm. baffling to me. Yeah. Until Waterworld was the most expensive movie. And somehow he turned both of those into massive successes in Waterworld. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that he can dump so much mo money into like a guaranteed hit, 
yeah. like over and over again. Like they're just outrageously expensive and he turns over like 10 times whatever it was back because he just knows exactly like, yeah, the Avatar movies are like basic bitch the movie like the plot <laughs> right, right but it is like it draws people in because it because it's like such a simplistic basic narrative that anybody can hook onto yeah and there's that that you can use that base to jump off and do hey here's all this cool cgi shit we actually shoved the budget into instead of the other things that we probably could have cared about but it would have made everything else kind of shitty if we really tried to make it substantial and it's going to be this Pocahontas story anyway. Who fucking cares? Yeah. Um, I, I do wish that we could see James Cameron direct a good script, you know, because like the man is clearly a competent film director, but he's a terrible writer. Yep. And he just gets obsessed <laughs> with technology. And like a lot of his movies break new ground in film tech, which is really cool. But he just doesn't give a shit about character or plot or anything. And like, I want a studio to be like, look, we, we're going to let you direct what you want, but it has to be somebody else's script. Like, you can't write your own shit anymore. And I, I feel like we could get something pretty cool out of that, but I'm just kind of tired of seeing Cameron direct the dreck that he writes for, for all of his films. I feel like probably the only movie that he's written that has emotional heft to it is Titanic. And I don't know, did he write that script? I don't even know. But, um, you know, I, I feel like he did. He probably, like, it's cheesy, but like, there yeah, is he emotional heft to it. And, like, you care about those characters. But, yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, he, yeah, he wrote that. And, it, well, I think what's interesting, though, is I don't know. I'm, I need to go back and rewatch Titanic. That's one I w- I've been ambivalent on for years. Yeah. Um, but it is the least over-the-top action bullshit of all of his movies, that's right. for sure. But it's um, like in- incredible set pieces that are, are Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. Yeah, and the, yeah, the effects work and is, is really awesome. And so I, I think the other part that's interesting, though, is that he does create good characters, and the actors that he has in those roles really do pull it off. I was really sitting there being like, dude, Sarah Connor is fucking badass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like right and and actually even to the point where I was sitting there being like I kind of wanted her to get sort of the final win. It makes sense that like the terminator is the one that like shoots him, but it is a joint effort at like the end the end, but I was like it actually would feel more like fulfilling plot-wise to have it actually be her, but I'm like but it's fine, like it's fine. But I was like she's a really good character, but I was like it's not necessarily a testament to the script. Or anything, mm-hmm. right? In the same it's way really that I'm like, Arnold is really and, great, but it's yeah. not. Yeah, it's not a testament to the script that Arnold is so awesome. It just is like he's just good at that. Like that's what he's good at. Um, and the same thing. Like I would even say with the Avatar movies, I'm like Zoe Saldana does a really interesting job. She does in yeah. the embodiment of that character, right? Not because the script gives her anything interesting to do or be. Right. The the Australian dude, uh, I never remember his name, does not do a good job in that lead role. Yeah, not, but, yeah, yeah. not so much. Sam Worthington, yeah. not so much. Um, but Stephen Lang's fucking badass. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. so much they got to bring him back from the dead. Like, again, Yeah, maybe he's, he's, he's better at casting than he is actually at <laughs> writing characters, except for Sam fucking Worthington. And, like, pr- probably my favorite Cameron movie is Aliens, but, like, that's building on something that someone else did, right? Like, and I think Alien is better 
than aliens, but he's like taking characters from that Ridley Scott movie and putting them in a slightly different context with just like more everything and has to like rope in a child to make it be, uh, you know, emotionally relevant where like that feels like a crutch to me in that movie, mm-hmm. but it's still, it's still a great fucking movie and it's, you know, fun yeah. to, it's a fun ride and, and, you know, it's a good iteration on what Ridley Scott did in Alien. You didn't like Rambo? Yeah, it's so First much more Blood an action two. Movie, Rambo Part Wait, 2. Wait, did Cameron direct Rambo First Blood oh, Part 2? Sc- he wrote the screenplay. He wrote it. That makes yeah. a lot more sense. I don't know if he directed it, <laughs> he wrote it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like those movies in a stupid, cheesy way. Uh, First, Bl- First Blood is actually good, and then all the sequels are just like, we're going to like glorify all the things that the first movie was criticizing, but... I didn't realize he wrote Alita Battle Angel as well, but that's just me oh, going really? on a whole James why is Cameron he, Why are other people directing James Cameron scripts? That's wild to me. Like, why would you want to direct a James Cameron script? He needs to make money and other people need to make James Cameron films. <laughs> yeah, I mean, may, maybe a studio will give you money to make a James Cameron script. I don't know. Something tells me that was probably a deal, right? There was some kind of... Oh, yeah. Could be. That was definitely a deal. I think he had the rights and there was a lot of weird going on with that. And I bet he finally was like, here, here we go. Somebody else do it and then I can get on my avatar. Like that's, Yeah, I'm you too know, busy with Avatar 6 here. Robert Rodriguez, take Alita Battle Angel. Yeah, I see he also wrote 10 episodes of True Lies, the TV show, which is oh. not good compared to True Lies, the movie. So I think that he just like fucking one for me, one for you, 10 for you, one for me. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I remember T2 being awesome just because I, ever since I've seen T2, I've seen Robert Patrick, who plays the T-1000. Oh, my God. In so many other things. He plays a coach in, like, a Madden game at one point. Yeah. Like, the, like, 2021 <laughs> Madden or something. And then I've just seen him in, like, he's in The Peacemaker with John Cena. He plays John Cena's father, who is, like, a Ku Klux Klan member slash Marvel <laughs> super, fucking... <laughs> or no, DC super villain. Oh, God. Called yeah, the White like a, Dragon. Oh yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> and, <laughs> it's fucking wild. I was like, I know that fucking guy. He's the T one thousand. Um, but I I, I remember seeing uh, this is another movie that I saw when I probably shouldn't have seen it. I was way younger than Logan is, and my dad took me. It was it was like bring your kid to work day, and uh, he just put on TV in like the lounge and let me sit there. <laughs> and they had fucking T two on, and they showed it. And I guess it was the TV edit, but I was still just like. I probably shouldn't be seeing so disturbing I'm seeing for a kid to, to see, watch a yeah. liquid man walk through a fence and try to kill Sarah Connor <laughs> like, or to watch Arnold Schwarzenegger commit suicide in a pit of lava. Yeah, that yeah. too. I mean, that was more of like a, that was like a Mac and me ET sort of thing. Cause the kid <laughs> loved the, the Terminator at that point. You got to do thumbs up. Like when you yeah, do anything, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> James Cameron just knows how to make an audience pleaser yeah absolutely like he knows what it is and it this is like i watched terminator 2 so many times as a kid um that just random parts of it are etched in my mind that have nothing to do with like what people remember mm. um just yeah like, like even today i was sitting there and i was like i was taking a cap off a bottle and my mind instantly went to sarah connor like taking the cap out of that bottle and then sticking the syringe into the whatever the fuck cleaning solution it is. Yeah. And I'm like, my, my I was just basically like, why did my mind go there? Like, why <laughs> is that the thing that I think of bottles, bottle caps? My mind goes there. I've watched it way too many times. Uh, yes. But overall, it sounds like a good recommend. I, I mean, 
I don't know who hasn't heard of Terminator 2, but kids these days, if you're looking for something, it's still yeah. good. That's at least that's that was my take and my son's take. And I was fascinated I, how I think a a modern audience could watch it and not exactly know that you know the the everything about it. Like when it came out, it was such a big deal that by the time you know I was old enough to know it and appreciate it, I already knew everything that happened. Yeah. So cool, Jason. We want to take us out. What did what did you, did you watch? Yeah. So what James Cameron movie did you watch? I did not watch a James Cameron movie <laughs> this past week. Uh, I'm sorry to disappoint and end the streak here. Give us another proper noun. We demand it. <laughs> uh, so a couple weeks ago, I went to the movie theater and watched the new Nicolas Cage movie Renfield, uh, where Nicolas Cage oh, plays Dracula. Oh my. And I was very disappointed in it. Um, Cage wasn't in it very often. I liked him in in the role. Uh, Cage is very influenced by German expressionism, like Nosferatu and that kind of shit. And I was like, oh man, him playing Dracula. I'm super pumped for this. Uh, it turns out he's not in the movie that much and the movie kind of sucks. And it's like, it's fine. It's not horrible, but it was just like, eh, this just doesn't need to exist. Um, if you're going to have a movie where Nick Cage plays Dracula, I want to see more of that and have that be more of a focus of the film. So I saw that and I was like, eh, you know, this just wasn't scratching that ish, that, that ish, <laughs> that, that itch that I wanted. And so uh, I decided to watch the 1988 classic Vampire's Kiss. He was an ordinary guy. Morning, everyone. Looking for an extraordinary love. I brought this girl up to my place the other night. It started with a kiss. Really hot. A very special kiss. A kiss that could drive you mad. I hate interrupted love affairs, don't you? Yep, 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 yep. It's affecting his work. It's a horrible, horrible job. It's spoiling his sleep. Shooter. And don't think people haven't noticed. Am I getting through to you, Alva? He is so eccentric. My, my. For Peter Lowe. Oh, Shooter. That's just love. Love? Love. In the big city. Nicholas Cage. The tortures of the damned! Vampire's Kiss. Strange stuff. I'll never do that again. Jeez. Which I had seen before and definitely scratched that itch of Cage uh, playing a crazy <laughs> vampire. Uh, so if you haven't seen Vampire's Kiss, this is an independent film uh, from the late 80s where uh, it's directed by Robert Bierman, who has really never done anything else of note. Written by Joseph Minion, who also wrote After Hours. Okay. Uh, and starring the the great Nicolas Cage, um, who plays a literary agent who is uh, going insane. And as, uh, he goes on a date with a woman, and uh, unclear if this really happens or not, but she bites his neck and starts sucking his blood and he then thinks that he is turning into a vampire. And through the course of the movie, he is uh, progressively losing his sanity 
and going absolute ape shit wild. It's like <laughs> one of the it, it, like it has to be the craziest Nicolas Cage performance that exists. Um, and like I, I first watched this movie maybe like I don't know ten years ago, and I like, had heard oh it's this horrible movie and it's hilarious because Nicolas Cage is terrible in this movie, and it's just funny to see him go crazy and like. It's a movie that like you can't help laughing at as you're watching because it's so it's so wild and Cage is really like taking over the movie and making it his own thing. Um but like knowing like kind of what has inspired Cage and and why he loves acting like he loves German expressionism and these silent films and he's really doing that in a sound movie which is is just fucking wild like He's doing an, an over-the-top, wide-eyed, silent movie performance in a sound film. And, like, I've never really seen anything quite like that before, aside from Nicolas Cage in other movies, where he tries <laughs> to, like, take that and put it into face-off or, or other things like that. But uh, I, I've never seen a more wild, over-the-top performance than I have in Vampire's Kiss. And that's really what the movie is. It's just him doing his thing. Like, there are other people in this... Uh, Jennifer Beals plays the vampire woman who sucks the blood out of his neck. Um, Maria Conchita Alonso plays his secretary at the literary agency. And essentially, like, it's about a man going insane. It's also about toxic masculinity, which, you know, for a 1988 movie feels a little bit ahead of its time in, in what it's trying to say. And as Cage is kind of losing his mind, he's really frustrated at work because a cust- a client of his needs him to track down a contract. It's like a very old contract. It's a longtime client that's been there for longer than Cage has been with the firm, longer than the secretary has been with the firm, and they can't find it. And it's been put in the wrong file, and they, they need to track this down. You have probably, if you are familiar at all with this movie, seen a YouTube clip of Cage reciting the alphabet in response to his therapist telling him that this <laughs> contract might have been misfiled. What could be easier? It's all alphabetical. You just put it in the right file according to alphabetical order. You know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. That's all you have to do. Um, that scene is wonderful. Um, but there are so many scenes like that in this movie where Cage is just going as as hard as he possibly can and, you know, act, other, other people in the movie are acting like they're in a normal movie and Cage is just going absolutely insane. And, like, describing that, it sounds like, what is he doing? He's, he's like, kind of in a different movie than everyone else is. It, it feels very incongruent and maybe, like, this wouldn't work. But I, I really enjoyed it this time watching it through. And I enjoyed it the first time I watched it, you know, maybe a decade ago. But I was just kind of like laughing and think, oh, this movie's stupid. Isn't this funny? And it is like you can't help but laugh at it. But I was just really impressed by the performance and kind of knowing what he's doing now and having seen a lot of these old silent films that he is pulling from. I was actually really impressed by what he was able to pull off. And I think that it's a really interesting way to analyze kind of male insanity and, um, you know, kind of a toxic workplace environment and 
things along those lines where you know this guy thinks he's becoming a vampire and starts doing all this this crazy shit and it it plays out in different ways in his life and has impacts for his therapist and his secretary and other people around him but um like it's weird as fuck it's wild if that's not your thing you won't like it but if you like Nicolas Cage if you like silent films if you're interested in just kind of a gonzo experience that is really unlike anything that I've ever seen um I think I think it's definitely worth checking out so um I really enjoyed it and definitely recommend checking out Vampire's Kiss Is this the one where he eats a roach like twice Yeah yes. he eats like a real cockroach He eats a cockroach right? yeah. on camera and uh, supposedly he did it the first take and and it worked but the director just to fuck with him made him do it again <laughs> <laughs> wow ironically that's what Renfield does in the books oh yeah <laughs> yeah um what is it that made this movie like a turnoff for people like back in the day though because this is it's probably a cult classic kind of feel but what we'll what is yeah. the the miss like that did make it a hit. I mean, it was a it was an independent film really when it came out. It was a low budget. It wasn't like really gunning for big audiences. And I feel like it's just so it's so weird and so much its own thing that like any you know, like it was just doing things that no movie had ever done before. Like Nick Nicolas Cage wasn't like a big mainstream thing that people knew about at the time like he had done moonstruck and some some things like that but you know he wasn't a meme and i think like it's just hard if you're just going to this movie and you see this weird guy doing this crazy performance you're just like what the fuck is this and like i don't feel like this is a movie that is not going to get a lot of word of mouth when it comes out in 1988 probably doesn't have a big marketing budget um i don't even know that the studio really understood what this was right like it was probably marketed as more of like a horror film and that's really not at all what it is um so yeah i, I mean it's just i feel like it's just too weird to be a commercial success at the time when it was released in theaters i i'm reading through some of the meta score like reviews yeah going through the negatives and uh in 1989 <laughs> the san francisco chronicle had it's hard to tell if, if Cage's performance is a grand stab at all-out, no-holds-barred comic acting or one of the worst dramatic performances in a film this year. Followed by the New York Times saying the film is dominated and destroyed by Mr. Cage's chaotic, self-indulgent performance. He gives Peter the kind of sporadic, exaggerated manner of that should never live outside of an acting class. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Critics they, are just fucking all out ripping him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and I wonder if this is like a miss of satire, right? Because what you get is like, what you're saying is like, it's not a vampire movie, no. right? Like, it, and that's turning on it, right? If it's presented as, oh, this is a vampire movie or a horror movie where it's, mm-hmm. it's not. And the whole thing is that it's kind of satirical in the way that a horror movie would be. That kind of tends to be the thing that's a big miss, right? Real satires yeah. that aren't so overtly on the nose tend to confuse their audience. Yes. Uh-huh. And this is a movie where you're just watching Jaw on the floor the entire time. Like, I can't believe what I'm seeing. This is absolutely fucking wild. I've never seen an actor do anything like this before. Like, there's one scene where he's just sprinting down the street yelling, I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! 
And you're like, oh my God, what the fuck is going on? This is <laughs> absolutely insane. Um, but it's just so, it's so captivating. And I, I think it's just a movie that really tapped into something interesting, really just because of Cage and what he brought to the film. And it's just kind of a flash in the pan. It's, it's a thing that like shouldn't exist and it's shocking that it does, but, um, it's so good. Cage also does the weirdest fucking accent in the movie. Like, I, I really can only describe it as like Ivy League douchebag. Um, it almost sounds Trumpian a little bit, but it's not. It's not that. But it's kind of close to it. And like his name is Peter Lowe, and he pronounces it Peter Lowe. Uh, and he says the word Lowe many times, like he's talking to his secretary, and he's like, "There is no one else in this entire office that I could possibly ask to share such a horrible job." You're the lowest on the totem pole here, Alva. The lowest. Do you realize that? You're the lowest on the totem pole, and you have to do the shit work. And it's just, it's, it's insane. And you're like, I've m never really heard anybody talk like that before. But like, it sounds like somebody who went to Brown or something and just like thinks he's hot shit. And like, that's really <laughs> all I can describe it as. But it's, it's fucking wild. Yeah. Sounds crazy. So, John, I think you particularly would quite enjoy it, uh, given the fact that you like, uh, you know, Go weird, on. yeah, weird <laughs> movies that really commit to something oh, yeah. that are trying to do something that other movies haven't done. Um, I, I think you would quite. I would be interested to watch it with you, actually, and That'd see. That'd be a good time. I mean, you've you've bought me Nick Cage movies before as a gift. I so. have, yeah. I'm down to watch this one for sure. Uh, they're, they're great. We always reference beef uh, all the time. It's fantastic. <laughs> Nick Cage's performance is gold. Just, yeah. He fucking gives it his all anytime mm, he's in it. For sure. Nice. So, yeah, you see that, yeah. like, especially like if you've seen um, The Unbearable Way to Massive Talent, you know, like a lot of people went out and saw that it did pretty well last year. And, and Cage talks a lot about his love of the cabinet of dr caligari in that movie and like he loves german expressionism and you can really see that in vampire's kiss and just the way he just goes 100 like you you can see how he was watching these silent films like i want to do that but with sound and try to do something new that hasn't really been done before and it's just so it's very jarring but it's fascinating at the same time and um it's it's really cool it's also hilarious so like if you want to have a good time and watch a watch a fun movie watch it. it it's good so it sounds like we did end up with all recommends all we the did. way around yeah. yes john gave us a recommend for true lies but not true lies <laughs> yes that's right not the tv show not the new true lies the <laughs> original true lies uh i gave us a a, a fast run through of uh, various movies, but mainly talk about Terminator 2 as a recommend. Dixon, you finished us off with Vampire's Kiss and not Renfield. <laughs> yeah, not Renfield. Eh, Which, not great, but yeah. I feel so I feel so bad because Nick Cage wants so bad to be Superman or Dracula, uh -huh. and the times that he has actually gotten those roles have been disappointments, yeah. like cancels mm -hmm. on a Superman and uh, Renfield, it looks like it's going to be a, a bomb in general. Um, so disappointing for that. Yeah. But, I hope that, uh, you know, sometime in the not too distant future, he gets a better vampire role, but, uh, we'll see. I will 
I will hold on to Vampire's Kiss though, and uh, you know, be happy with that. So I wonder if he is he's gets to the point where he just knows he's getting done and just funds his own stuff. Oh, you mean the Coppola? Like that? Experience? That'll be well, yeah. He he just <laughs> yes, got yeah, out of exactly. debt. Like, Following his uncle, he's gonna. Yeah, he <laughs> just got out. out of huge debt with it. You know, he was uh, you know, famously like bought a T Rex skull and all yeah. this shit, and like got into crazy debt yeah. in the financial crisis because he had basically bad financial advice and owned a bunch of shitty real estate when the market crashed, and has been working his way out of debt for like over a decade or like. 15 years or so and like finally with unbearable weight of master talent he got out of debt so now he doesn't owe anybody anything but i don't know that he has enough money to actually finance his own film produce something yeah yeah Yeah. Hmm. did he ever get that superman comic back or did he ask (laughs) oh i don't know that was one he bought a super he bought an action comics number one or whatever at one point it got stolen out of his oh man his uh, his storage unit or whatever bad luck just uh Uh From the T-Rex skull to that Superman comic, just not a good time. I also saw his grave (laughs) in New Orleans. And like the Latin is not like one-to-one what he wanted to say, I'm pretty sure. Oh, really? Oh, that sucks. Well, maybe now he can afford to correct that. (laughs) He'll get it touched up. It it Uh, would be nice. uh, Yeah. (laughs) I did see he came to the Alamo Draft House here in Austin for a little bit to read some poetry to people. And I was like, fuck yeah, dude, you do what you do. That's kind of rad to show up and give that kind of experience. To I know that uh, Draft of South Lamar does occasionally, maybe once a year, maybe less often than that, like a cage marathon where they don't tell you what the movies are going to be. Yep. And I think once or twice he's actually shown up to that. It's so great. And I'm just like, that's- I, I never really realized when that's happening. I feel like I would be the person that knows when that is. But like, it just like I hear about it after it's happened. Like, oh, fuck. Why didn't I know about that? Like, I should have gone to that. But yeah, you got to figure out, Dixon. You got to be yeah. the guy. Got to put your finger on the pulse. Cool. Well, that wraps us up then for this Afterthoughts Recommend or Refute. Uh, I've been your host, Ryan King. And with me tonight, we have John Garcia. And go check out True Lies. Just like do it. James Cameron knows he's fucking doing it. And Donald Trump, we love Vampire's <laughs> Kiss, don't we, folks? It's a beautiful movie. Nicholas Cage does a wonderful job. It's a beautiful deal. It's very cheap online. Watch the movie, folks. It's very good. 